Now, the final hooter with Adrian Jackson and David Parkinson. Hello and welcome to another, another final hooter. It's the final, final hooter of the season with me, Dave Parkinson and Adrian Jackson. How are you doing, Adrian? Hey, I'm all right, man. We're finally there, aren't we? We've got to the end of the road. Might be the back end of November. And we haven't had an international series to talk about, but domestic rugby league, finally done and dusted. We can put our feet up and get ready to rock and roll again in March. I'm ready to let myself go in the off-season again before tightening everything up again come about February. Is that your belt? That's my belt, that. That's everything. Yeah, yeah, that's everything. It'll it'll get tightened up round about then. I'll have my enthusiasm back for rugby league. Because I've got to be honest, as much rugby league as I get to see over the course of a year, I get to this time of year and I'm usually flagging a little bit. And maybe I sound a bit negative. And it has been, you know, some people have been sort of raising their points with me on Twitter saying I was rather negative about the grand final, you know. So we're going to be having a chat about that, aren't we? We are, yeah. Because like you said, we finally got to the end of the road. All roles ended in Hull. The 2020. Um, and what a game. What a game it was. I mean, I mean, the players could have been excused for being a bit fatigued, a bit like yourself, you know, just going through the motions. But what a match. What what a dust-up it was between uh, Wigan and St. Helens for the chance to be crowned grand final winner for 2020. Uh, normally I'm on the road, aren't I, for these um, socially distant uh, final hooter podcasts. Here at the minute, it's typical grand final night weather. I've decided to stay indoors, man. Yeah, I couldn't hear anything in the background though, so I thought, well, it must have been something a bit different because, as you say, you've been like touring the delights of Witness and Runcorn, haven't you, for the last few I weeks? I have, I have, but like I said, it's typical grand final weather here today, so um, and plus, well, it's been a long season, hasn't it? So maybe the legs are a bit fatigued, and I thought, you know what, I'll crank the heat, you know, and then I'll. Um, I'll get ready to hibernate till March by uh, <laughs> sitting in my bedroom at home. Um, we'll do it that way, shall we? Uh, well, we already know when next season's starting, don't we, for starters? So 11th of March next year. Yeah. Um, I've got that ring in the calendar. Diary, man. Yeah, I've, I've got, got a big calendar. I've got my rugby league calendar. I've got my love rugby league, uh, com calendar with all my favourite players. Big X uh, for March the 11th. Uh, who's on that Who's on that calendar then? I'm not telling you. It's a top secret. It's my little... Secret. What you actually got to make it yourself? I like this yeah. and just stuck on oh, the Love fa- Rugby League I, logo. I picked twelve um, of my favourite players and not one up, and uh, got a big X in March. Right, okay. This sounds like it could be a quiz question for next year. This, you could know, be, who, yeah. who's who's on Adrian's calendar who, this month? Who's my player of the month for, for this <laughs> month next season? We'll, we'll reveal all during twenty twenty one. But for now, it's just my. Little secret stash of calendars. Uh, plenty, plenty for us to look forward to. Then, in that case, then with that uh, little quiz that's going to be going next season. But yeah, mm. let's get back to the grand final. You mentioned it. All roads led to Hull. Um, I thought this was a particularly intense game. I didn't think it was a classic. It had a classic ending, but for me, it wasn't a classic game. Oh, it was a great match, wasn't it? Look, grand finals are normally dour affairs, aren't they? Normally, all right. Besides the ones that were lit up by the great Robbie Burrow. When he uh, when he, he tore Saints apart, remember that that great try he's done it against Wigan as well mm. in the past. Quite a great grand final, but the, I thought the last couple have been pretty dull, haven't they? Really. Um, so this one, even though there was not as many tries as there has been in the past, um, 
this was a good old-fashioned defensive slog out, wasn't it? See, this is where me and you differ because I like to see points scored. You know, and I know that, and I know there's a, I know there is a margin. I know that there are people who were, 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 you know, waxing lyrical about the game. I always thought when I was looking at it that the two pairs of halfbacks were one pass short of it being a really good game. For me, they didn't try and open the defence up as much. There was a lot of inside balls. Well, see, though, Parker, that was the problem. The issue was uh, both teams somehow, after a long old season and compacting so many games in a short window of time since coming back from the lockdown, uh, seemed to manage enough energy up to really race up into the faces of the playmakers. They didn't have the time on the on, on the ball. And when they did, tried to get the passes out wide. And because of the intensity of the, of the defensive lines, that's where the mistakes were coming from. So it was really difficult. Uh, ball handling skills were a premium, weren't they? And um, on one or two occasions when Wigan did push the ball out wide, or Saints did it, it did seem to work for him, but it's very rare that it happened because defensively, both teams were spot on. I just get the feeling though, looking at it, and you can call me a negative Nelly at this moment in time, but I've had a little bit of time to think about it, you know, which is always a bad thing with me, having a little bit more yeah. time to think about games and what I've seen and whatever. And maybe yeah. I've had, maybe I've analysed it too much. Maybe I have, and maybe I've compared it too much with what I've been seeing in Australia, which is always a bad thing as well, to be fair. Oh, forget the Aussies. Don't <laughs> care about them. Uh, however, however, I, I, I will say, I really enjoyed it. I didn't want to switch over, which I haven't said about every single Super League game that's been on this season. Um, you know, defences were committed, but I still feel that they should have played a little bit more rugby. You could have played a bit more rugby. I'm, I'm, I'm not allowed to, though, this. Parker. That's the, the problem. That's my point. They, they weren't allowed to. They tried. Believe you me, you could see them both, both teams trying to get the ball out wide and come up with the plays, but both teams defensively. I mean, you, you've got to look at the stats and... Roby, 60 tackles. Um, Bentley for St. Helens, 70 tackles in a, in a match, man. That's phenomenal. That says to me, spot players. And uh, granted, they got, to do, they got to do that work. Effort. Yeah, they got to do that work. But also, you've got to bear in mind how many tackles these days are sort of two, three, four-man efforts as well. So that boosts your stats a little bit, doesn't it? But stats aside, uh, defensively, and I, I like the close, intense games. I was on the edge of my feet. I was biting my nails on the, on the edge of my seat, not my feet. <laughs> I was biting my nails. I was really, I, I was running every ball. And I, I nearly got my boots on and I thought I was having a game myself, a virtual rugby league in the living room. Seriously. I, I, I like those defensive battles. It was a real battle right to the end. No, you... you and and the the the, uh, the comms team on Sky TV kept saying you can't pick a winner out of these two, and you couldn't right up until the last minute. You still couldn't you, you still couldn't work out who was going to come up with the winning with the winning points. Um, it was always going to be from a, a mistake, wasn't it? And unfortunately, ultimately for Wigan, the mistake came right at the end, where there's no way back into the match. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a... two mistakes for me actually. Go on. What was the what was the what was the first one in your eyes then? I wouldn't have gone for the two pointer. I had to put it in the corner and ran it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. I would have set up for a drop goal. I think I would have tapped it, gone towards the post, and gone for the drop goal. I just felt it was a bit too far out for Zach Hardick to get it through the H's. He was obviously confident he could have got he could have got it. It was a good effort. Sadly, pulled it to the right hand side of the sticks. Yeah, a couple of mistakes made by Wigan. I've already said it. I wouldn't have gone for the two pointers, even though it was a good effort from Hardacre. 
I always felt you weren't going to get it, to be honest. But crucially, nobody raced up to close the space down on Johnny Lomax. It allowed him 30 yards back up field before they made the tackle on him. Mm. That gave Saints a good platform to attack for for me. But uh, and then Makinson went for the wonder drop goal. It was a great effort for Makinson. We've seen him do. We've seen him do that before, haven't we? Really, over the years, he's got the ability. Decided to have a dig for it. Crucially, though, Bevan French, he switched off, didn't he? At the crucial moment. Just a fraction of a second, wasn't it? He watched it bounce, yeah. you know, rather than attacking it. And But to be fair, I, I bet you 99% of players would have done exactly the same thing on that because you would have been watching that and thinking, that's going over that. That's going over. Oh, sugar, it's it. When, I, when the ball left the boot of Makinson, I, I thought it was in anyway, to be honest. It hits, it hits the post. Bevan French is there. It was like he was thinking, where's the ball gone? Yeah. Where's the ball gone? Yeah. And he allows it to balance. And fair play to young Wells, but he decided, I'm chasing this just in case there might be a bit of a ricochet off the post here or a rebound. Um, before French could uh, react to it, Wells had already gone past him and brilliantly touched down before uh, breaking the dead ball line. Yeah, I mean, what a touchdown that was, to be fair. I mean, he had to get round... Um, he had to get around Bevan French, didn't he? And then he had to somehow get that ball down before his body went over the in goal line. And you're just thinking, has he done it? Has he done it? And th- those scenes, well, it was pandemonium, wasn't it? We didn't even get the final kick of the game going in because they didn't need it. That was it. it. It was after yeah, time, wasn't basically. it? If you're going to win a, win a match to get the winning try in, in, in a match like that, you've got to do it right at the final moment. So no comebacks for Wigan. Uh, you could see, like, so Tommy, Tommy Lula, he just sat there bewildered. He was stunned, wasn't he? He sat against the um, the advertising hall at, at the back of the pitch. Um, Lou McCarthy stars, but he didn't know whether to sing, clap, dance. He, he was hysterical, wasn't he? And um, and then we seen James Gray, I mean, he could watch. He was literally in a flood of tears, wasn't he? I think all that emotion of losing all those grand finals and coming back to finish his hometown team all the emotion just got the better of him when it was going to the video referee imagine what the thoughts were you would have had Wigan players praying praying and the, the video referee's going to spot something to rule it out and then you got the Saints players praying he's going to give it and it, it made it worse as well because with there being no fans in the ground uh, you would have heard every every shout every every scream or anything from the coaching staff and players it was one of those where 50 people's stomachs would have been churning, wouldn't they, and t- doing yeah. somersaults inside. I mean, I-, I will go. I will say, you know, that probably goes down as the most dramatic of endings. You know, it was the most classic mm. of endings that you can possibly imagine um, after a slogger fest uh, for me in, in the middle of the field. And-, and I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it, you know, so don't don't get me wrong by me saying, but I, I just... sound like you didn't enjoy it. No, 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 I-, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy the intensity of it. Um, I, I just felt that the, there was still the opportunities and the best opportunities for playing open rugby actually went the way of Wigan, didn't they? They seemed to open St. Helens up a little bit more down that right-hand yeah. side. Yeah. However, that Saints defence, they mustered themselves on so many occasions to deny it. There was a couple of mistakes. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, chances were at a premium throughout. But the way that Saints sort of dominated field position especially and getting forward um, it, it was very good and on another day they would probably have won that game by 20 points wouldn't they because of the amount of ball the amount of uh, territory which they had the amount of metres they were making 
Yeah, without a doubt. But like you said, defensively, we're on the ball, both teams. Uh, went right down to the wire. Saints come up with the winning try. Uh, and the scenes at the end were just fantastic. Uh, bit of pill to swallow for the Wigan players having to stand there and watch it. And like I said, Parky, because there was no fans in the ground, normally the fans in the ground would have uh, soaked up the reactions from the Saints squad. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, because there wasn't, the Wigan players just got to stand there and hear it. <laughs> there was no hiding place at all, was there, at the end? Nothing, there? Nowhere to hide at the end, I'm afraid. Um, and it's good to see grown, hard, rock-hard rugby league players crying at the end with James Graham. Yeah, that's everything. I mean, I, I, I like I like the fact that it's an emotional sport, rugby league, anyway, isn't it? You know, at the best of times. Mm. you've got, And most of the time, people keep those emotions in check. But you could see it right at the end. As you mentioned, the James Graham in floods of tears of joy almost, you know, and everything everything he left out there, didn't he? Suddenly, it all just got released. And then you had on the other, the other foot, um, when Adrian Lamb was being interviewed post-match, who was fighting back the tears. You know, he was like so involved and so into stunned, it. Stunned, wasn't he? He yeah. was absolutely stunned, yeah. I mean, uh, I was watching a bit of uh, Britain, uh, Strictly Come Dancing, was it? Yeah, that was it. I saw, I saw a bit of that last night. And they had, All right, um, okay. They, they had um, a judge on there who was describing one of the so-called celebrity contestants. Yes. Um, whatever the, the dance was. He was doing the tap, I think. So she turned around and said, yeah, it had a... Um, uh, the way she described it, yeah, it, it, it had intensity, it had direction. It was all there on, on, on a stage, and that's what. And now I, I sat there for that describes the grand final <laughs> from the night before. Tell you what, Adrian, there's only you who can come up with a connection between uh, Strictly Come Dancing and <laughs> and Rugby League. <laughs> the only thing she didn't mention was emotion, because there was emotion on there as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Thought it was a great touch by St. Hans at the end to give um, Sean O'Loughlin uh, a guard of honour off the field. But, you know, two great warriors. Who was going to be the winner? Was it going to be James Graham? Was it going to be Sean, o- Sean O'Loughlin? As it was, it was James Graham. He was smiling, well, crying, smiling at the end. Sean O'Loughlin, sadly, mm, he, he cut a, a very sad-looking figure, didn't he? He didn't get the ending he was hoping for. He did, but like you say, I thought that that was a brilliant show of sportsmanship, forming that guard of honour um, and, and waiting until he'd done his last interview as well before doing it. I thought that that yeah. said, that's a class. That's everything what we love about our sport, isn't it? And, you know, let's, let, 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 me be, let me be honest here as well. The way that our players have rallied around, I mean, I know we've had our sayings on occasion, haven't we? And I've said it elsewhere about, you know, COVID tests and players, you know, getting, um, you know, not being able to play because of COVID, et cetera, et cetera. Etc. But you know they've done us a great service in our sport, haven't they? For the last four months, they have given everything to get rugby league back on the map, and I think they've succeeded. And I think they deserve our immense credit for doing that. And perhaps we don't often say that as much as we should do. They need a well-earned rest, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. did there be did there be some sore bodies uh, on 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 uh, Saturday after that after that brutal eighty minutes of rugby league? I'm kind of glad he didn't go to the Golden Point. Um, I, to be honest, I, I always like to see a game settled in within the 80 minutes rather than the Golden Point. Cause that just mm. be, then becomes um, a dropout competition, doesn't it, really? So I'm glad it was done in the 80 minutes. The, the guys earned, uh, have earned themselves uh, an extended break, thanks to the RFL deciding 
uh, we're going to start in mid-March, which is, for me should be the right time to start a season. Anyway, I'm not into all this um, start of February for, a, for what is meant to be a summer rugby league. Yeah, why do we start when we've still got the potential for games getting called off because of uh, weather conditions? Exactly. So I think maybe that's something they should look forward to in the future, maybe go back to a March start for the season. Yeah. Um, February. But that's it. that's for another time. Uh, welcome to St. Helens. They finally got the hands on the grand final trophy. 11 months in the making, Park. It's been a long old season, hasn't it? It has been a long old season, yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, and like I was saying, I was feeling it. And I am feeling it. You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually really relieved that we've got to the final podcast of the year, in all honesty, yeah. because I, I was like trying to think and keep a, uh, you know, keep a level head, you know, because I mean, you, you know me, you've worked with me for years. And I, and I do get this every year, don't I? We're ahead into almost like a bit of a, almost a depressive stage just before the mm. end of a season. And, and half the time I'm able to get past so I'm actually really pleased that um, we can almost get to the end of talking rugby. As much as I love it, and as much as I love the sport, I'm glad for a rest, just like those guys who have uh, given their all on the field for the last few months. Okay, let's tell you who's won what in 2020, shall we? Um, Grand final winners, just told you, or St. Ellings, and League Shield winners for finishing top of the pile were Wigan Warriors. Uh, Chance Cup winners, Leeds Rhinos. Wooden Spoon winners. Can you call them winners or losers? You know, I call them winners. Okay. It's an the achievement. Wooden spoon, <laughs> the Wooden Spoon winners are Hull Kingston Rovers. So, well done to them for getting the Wooden Spoon for 2020. Uh, it has been an interesting old season, in all honesty, hasn't yeah. it? You know, because it's yeah. we've got everything chucked at us. Um, and, yeah. And, yeah, and I just want to say here that we finally got rid of the hubcap. It's a proper shield. I like it. It is. It is. Well, we finally gave the box full away in the last podcast, didn't we? So we've got we've got no more left as well. Oh, have you got rid of them? Who, who got the last yeah. ones? Well, we give them all away for our winners last week, last week, didn't we? We were in, doing in podcast we... when we decided who was going to win what. But what was in that other box? There was another box that was under your bed. What was that? Can't tell you that. That's top secret. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, it's only ever believed memorabilia for the last twenty years. All ah, right. Okay. Okay. I mean, and again, what a twenty years it's been. What a twenty years it has been, and, and like I said, Sean O'Loughlin didn't quite make twenty years. He made nineteen years before he threw the boots away on Friday night. But there was a lot of comment about St. Helens winning that game uh, against Wigan this year for this year's grand final, backing up last year's win against uh, Salford. It meant for the first time in 20 years uh, that they've won back-to-back grand finals. So with that in mind, and I've already, marked, I've already just told you I've got 20 years of a rugby league memorabilia stuffed under my bed. We'll have a retro rugby league year, shall we? I was wondering where this was leading and straight into retro rugby league year of the year 2000. Start the new millennium. Who would have thought it 20 years ago? I know. Who thought we'd still be playing summer rugby at this stage? I have to admit, I thought we might have uh, gone I back never. to winter then. <laughs> I never. I thought we'd have gone back to winter. Well, we technically have with the February start. Well, that's but, true. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought we would have been back to part-time rugby in the winter. But hey, what do I know? What do we know? What do we know? Well, we can tell you about the uh, summer rugby league of 2000. Uh, it was the rugby league was 106 years old that year. Cranky. Happy birthday. Um, what a way to uh, start off a brand new era of rugby league in the new millennium. Uh, league leaders were Wigan. Okay. 
Champions, St. Helens. Hang on, hang on. That's like this year. Yeah, exactly. It's a repeat 20 years. Fast forward 20 years, same result. You'll be telling me Leeds have won the Challenge Cup next, won't you? Did they? In fact, no, they didn't. It was Bradford. Bradford won it ah, 24 points to 18. One of those finals played up at Murrayfield. Oh, right. That was the one that was waterlogged. It wasn't the one I was on about the week before. Remember, they had all, it was, it was flooded. I think there's a, is there a river near Murrayfield? I'm sure there is, and it's flooded. There's one at the back, isn't there, I think? Is yeah. it on the side where the ice rink is? I think it's on that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. If I can remember when we used to have the magic weekends up there, yeah, there's a river on the back and it flooded. All right, okay, okay. Mind you, it's always wet up in Edinburgh around about the time when Challenge Cup finals were played anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, who won what then? We just told you, Challenge Cup winners, told you the champions, told you the league leaders. Man of Steel, Sean Wong. Wow, I mean, he, he had a tremendous year, didn't he? he? He did finish sort of well up there as far as the point scoring was concerned for yeah, the season. top point scorer, joint top try scorer with Tommy Martin. Exactly, yeah. 22 tries apiece they got. Um, yeah. Other top try scorers in Super League, by the way. You'll like this on the list. Uh, you've got Darren Rogers, who was at Castleford at the time. Remember, he came through at Dewsbury. He did, yeah. Go- he always, you know what? He, he, I used to see him a few times look of, uh, off the field um, after the game. You know, he'd come out of the dressing rooms. It reminded me sometimes of, of, of like a school teacher. I don't know if he was a school teacher by trade, but he always looked like a, you know, he used to wear these glasses. It made him look like a school teacher. All right, okay, okay. He certainly had an eye for the try line anyway, didn't he? He, he did, also yeah. also did a good stint at Salford as well, I remember, in his career. Yeah. Others who were in that top five for tries, Steve Renoff, uh, the former Brisbane Broncos centre had come over to Wigan mm. by then. He scored 20 tries that year. And Jason Robinson, obviously before he switched to the dark side, of course, he ended up with good 20 see, tries. Good to see Jason Robinson was on the Sky punditry uh, panel. Yeah, oh, I think he's been good. Final. I think he's been really good the times when he's been included on that panel. And I, I look forward to seeing whether it can become a like a semi-regular thing because I think he talks a lot of sense and he speaks well, doesn't he? he always speaks well about he the does. game. He does, yes. Um, the, the, the playoffs, by the way, were top five in this particular year. All right, okay. So we had the playoff uh, top five of Wigan, St. Helens, Bradford, Leeds and Castleford. Ooh, so Cast were just about rising, were they? Just just scraping into the top five. Uh, bottom of the par, the Wooden Spoon winners for 2000. If, we, if we'd have been doing this podcast, they'd have been getting the final hooter, loverably.com, Wooden Spoon winners it was Huddersfield slash Sheffield Giants of course they just merged haven't they yes because if you remember we, we said goodbye to the um, Paris Saint-Germain team as well didn't we oh Gateshead. Gateshead. Gateshead Gateshead was the end of the previous season wasn't it yeah, yeah. they'd just gone in Gateshead it was the... and Sheffield Gateshead got merged in with Hull Sheffield with Huddersfield and we ended up with a 12 team Super League. I wonder where I've heard that before. Twelve teams in Super League. <laughs> Never happens, man. Honestly, uh, one one team, one name amongst the teams that stood out for me. Um, it was this was the year when Halifax was still called the Blue Sox. Oh yes, yes, I remember that. Now, they... I was thinking when I saw that, how many Halifax fans have still got those Blue socks? <laughs> They'd be a bit holy now, wouldn't they? I, I didn't you know, buy them. They probably have moths and holes in them, but you know. Still, it's still uh, something to take out. Do you remember what we were called the Blue Socks? 
I do, I do. Was that when they had the likes of Andrew Dunham playing for him that season? I think he was one of the stars, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Andrew Dunham. Think of the rugby league memorabilia that you might still have knocking about. Uh, I noticed in the lineups for the grand final um, and playing for the Saints that year was uh, Freddie Tualangi. Remember when rugby league fans used to wear the, the Tualangi wig? I wonder if made any of them are knocking about. Oh, I do, I do. Yeah, you could, you could almost. Have you, st- have you still got yours? I've still got mine. I managed to resurrect it a few years ago. Ah, right. And he went to the dark side as well. So yeah, enough said about him. But yeah, <laughs> he, he, he could play for Saints, wouldn't he? But there, yeah, those wigs. I wonder if anyone's got any of them. I wonder how much they're worth these days. Probably not a lot. <laughs> Price of a pie at a match, maybe. Price of a pie. Oh yeah, yeah, it could yeah. be potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we including? Yeah, are we including all the inflation what we've had since? Uh, is it a price of a pie today? Oh, uh, you're probably getting mushy peas with that. Well, <laughs> you would have got the extras, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. But if you go back, you get the gravy with it. Well, nice. <laughs> mm. Right, Parker. We told you about the top five who were there, but who made it to the grand final? Now, because it was a top five, we had the qualifying stroke elimination game to kick things off with. Uh, Castleford were eliminated by Leeds in the first game, right? Are you with me? I am so far. Because this confused everybody when this first came about, didn't it? Uh, a bit like the playoffs now. It's still confusing <laughs> people the format, doesn't it, really? <laughs> it doesn't get any easier, does it, with playoffs formats? Mm, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, Castleford were eliminated. Uh, Bradford lost out to St. Helens. That was the White to had... West try moment. Yeah, it's now. I was going to say the most famous story of that one was the wide to west or wide to west moment, wasn't it? Yeah. And it weren't even West who scored the try. It was Chris Joint, wasn't Chris it? Joint, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was the way it was described, though, wasn't it? By Eddie Emmons, it was wide to west. It's wide to west. It's inside the joint, and he scored. If you remember, I do. I yeah. am going to impersonate. I'm not going to impersonate Eddie Emmons. I thought it was quite a good impersonation, that to be honest, mate. I think so. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you weren't even trying. Okay, back to the playoff uh, format. I get me head around it again 20 years later. So, yeah, Bradford lost out to Saints, um, but then they took on Leeds in the next stage of the qualifiers. Well, Saints beat Wigan in the semi-final to make it to Old Trafford. Despite Wigan losing to Saints, they took on Lee, uh, took on Bradford in the preliminary final, which Wigan won, which set up a Wigan-Saints final at uh, the uh, Old Trafford. Which Saints won twenty nine sixteen. Uh, it was a bit closer than when they met a bit earlier in that playoff campaign, wasn't it? Because uh, if yeah. I'm right, didn't Saint Helens put fifty points on Wigan that day? They did yeah, I don't wow. Uh, Try scores on the night for Wigan. Andy Farrell was still playing for Wigan there. All right, okay. Uh, Dave Hodgson. Yeah. And it's not the Warrington former Warrington Hockey coach Tony Smith. It's Tony Smith who was the halfback. Oh yeah, yeah, the one that used to be at Castleford. And um, one at Castleford, yeah. Uh, tries one night for St. Italian, Sean Hoppe, Chris Joint got two. Our mate Fetty Tualanga, you're going to get his wig on now, aren't you? I am, I and am. Here's a name from the past, South African, Tim Yonkers. Tim Yonkers, yeah, Dutch international, actually. Dutch international, not South African, sorry. Isn't it weird how he got he, Dutch international rugby Did he still play rugby league in Holland? Uh, yes, they do, yeah. That's the only yeah, international exactly. rugby league match that's taken place in 2020 against, against Germany. Where were you for that one? <laughs> no idea, man. Uh, Harry Sunderland Trophy winner on that occasion was Chris Joint. This year's winner was James Roby. Yeah, yeah. Nice to nice to sort of hear the Joint, joint getting mentioned in this, to be honest, because he, he was always one of those players that I particularly rated. Um, we mentioned about... You the ever mir- read his book, The Sleeping, uh, The Quiet Man? 
I, I've not actually. I've not read that yet. It's good read, actually. Can it's, it? Can it? It's worthwhile digging out, is it? Worthwhile digging out. I'll buy it for Crimbo for somebody. Yeah. All right. Okay. I shall put yeah. that on my list, shall I, for Santa? Uh, you mentioned you won the Chance Cup Park. You, you, you got the Lance Todd Trophy that year. Well, it was Henry Paul. His uh, his kicking positionally was was the highlight of that uh, Challenge Cup final. He made a nightmare for Leroy Rivette, the winger for Leeds Rhinos at the time. Okay. Scorers in that Challenge Cup final were two tries from Michael Withers and a try each for Nathan McAvoy and Stuart Fielden for the Bulls with Henry Paul kicking four goals for the Rhinos. Andy Hay scored a try and Marcus St. Hilaire got their second try with Yestin Harris kicking five goals. This was at the time, if I remember rightly, where whoever was playing halfback for Leeds always got replaced and Marcus St. Hilaire had come on and he'd go to fullback and Yestin Harris had moved up to halfback for the rest of the game and they used oh, to okay. try and un- unlock defences and try and mix it about a bit. Uh, and it worked quite a lot of the time as well, but not on this occasion with Bradford proving successful. I thought this was also a really interesting year, to be honest, Adrian, because of what happened in the Challenge Cup because it was the first year when all the Armed Forces teams came into play. So oh, Army... That's 20 years ago, that yeah. Army, Royal Air Force, and Royal Navy were all involved. The army got through to. Sorry. The army got through to round three, where they lost out to Rochdale Onyx sixty six six, but they did beat Jewsby Celtic fifty four seven and Ulton Raiders twenty four ten to get that far. The Royal Air Force, they got through to round two, losing out to Wigan St. Jude's by 40 points to six, but they had beaten Normanton Knights 20 points to eight in round one. And finally, with the Royal Navy, they got through to round two, having edged Hull Dockers by four points to nil, and then unfortunately were quite heavily beaten by Lock Lane. But it's good to hear, 20 years later, that the armed forces are still involved with Challenge Cup Rugby League and are still making an impact every season. Yeah, great to see the armed forces still involved in rugby league. Um, I do like watching them actually, just to see what the standard rugby league is like amongst them guys. Uh, but me, the thing I was trying to jump in on, which is when I was really all, uh, talking over your party, was this also the year when we introduced the French teams into the Challenge Cup? Yeah, it was. There was two French clubs which were introduced um, to the competition this particular year. Yeah. There was Villeneuve and, oh, aye, yeah. and Saint-Gordain. Uh, both of which came in from the French Federation. Had varying right. degrees of success as well, you know, but um, uh, again, this was probably the first foray and probably the first sort of thoughts leading towards the whole Catalan Dragons coming in. Yeah, true. Fair enough. Yeah, that's good to see that they were giving the um, Challenge Cup a bit of um, continental flavour, to be honest. A bit of French flair. <laughs> Yeah. What was happening in the lower league? That's what I want to know. The lower league, well, it was 18 teams involved. Wow. Your top top four for this was Dewsbury, Keithley, Doncaster and Lee. Oh, okay. It was the top eight playoffs. So the other teams involved were Featherstone, Oldham, Hulkingston Rovers and Widnes. So they all played off. I'm not really going to go into who played who to get through to the grand final. I'm just going to tell you about that grand final because it's still etched on my memory. Uh, This was a grand final held at Gig Lane over in Berry, which uh, isn't having much sport played there at all at the moment, is it, with the collapse of the football team? Um, You're going back you're going back at least fifteen years, I think, when Swinton moved out. Yeah. If not a little bit longer in fairness, but uh, yeah. yeah. Come on, back to back to the year two thousand. But anyway. back to the year two thousand, it was Dewsbury against fourth place Lee in the grand final. It's twelve all with just two minutes left on the clock, and who pops up for an all important drop goal? Richard Ager. 
classic ending. Classic ending to a game. We've we had we've already talked about a classic ending to um, you know the Super League Grand Final this year, but this was also a classic ending to a Titanic struggle. Both teams scoring two tries apiece. Barry Eaton and Matty Long scoring the tries as far as Dewsbury were concerned. Eaton kicking both goals before Agar broke the Lee Hearts. And for the Centurions, a very young Mickey Hyam scored two tries with Liam Bretherton kicking two goals. Mm, very young Mickey I'm still young. He still feels 21. You speak to Mickey, he still feels 21. Oh, I know. I know that. I know that. But the, only uh, thing, the, only thing, the only difference is you would have had a full head of hair back then. Just a little bit. There's, there's not much difference, I think, Mickey. That's Adrian saying no. that and not me, mate. No, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, interestingly, ahead of that grand final, Dewsbury were already told their ground wasn't up to Super League uh, standards, was it? No, wasn't it? They did win. Did nobody win got promoted and nobody got relegated. No one got relegated because they were told going into that game the ground, the ground wasn't up to scratch. Uh, which was a big shame, really, especially when you consider that Bradford are playing there now. And granted, there's been quite a few um, you know, improvements done to it. Um, but, mm. you know, if Bradford are talking about a Super League application, are they going to play in Dewsbury or are they going back to Odsall? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, just one other thing to say about 20, uh, the year 2000 and 20 years ago, uh, World Club Challenge winners. It was the first one since uh, since 97, this one, by the way, in the Australia um, sat in the dust on the Super League war. Uh, Melbourne Storm came to Wigan and thrashed St. Helens 4-4-6. Uh, yet again, we were a good 40 points behind the Australians, weren't we, on that day, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, um, I, I've got just a couple more interesting little snippets to bring you here, Adrian. It, over What's in that? the NRL, Kevin Walters yeah. uh, was the um, captain of Brisbane, and Brisbane actually won the NRL by 14 points to six in the grand final against Sydney Roosters. And uh, this was a year that saw quite a few players retire. So they did the big farewell for Kevin Walters because he was heading over to England. Played his four games at Warrington the following season and then went back to finish his career off with the Brisbane Broncos in 2001. But the other retirees this year were Laurie Daly. This is when I know I'm getting old. Laurie Daly, I thought, what a player he used to be. Andrew Ettinghausen, remember E.T.? I do, yeah, I do. Tony Butterfield, he was a hard-as-nails front rower. He played at Newcastle, the last of the original foundation players for Newcastle Knights in this year. Mark Geyer, who was suspended for 34 weeks famously in his playing days, he retired. And Daryl Halligan, who, if you remember, was a real sharp-shooting goal kicker that played at Canterbury Bulldogs and played for North Sydney Burrs. Also Don't played, remember him. Yeah, also played for New Zealand. He was right on gainly-looking winger. Um, but he was very, very effective, wasn't he? So those were the guys. And it was a World Cup year as well. Australia, unsurprisingly, defeating everybody. Come, come, um, you know, the final, they beat New Zealand by 40 points to 12. To get there, they had to top the group, did Australia, which also included England. The two of them met at Twickenham on the opening day of the World Cup. And I remember uh, that. Yeah. Uh, and that, another thing about this uh, was in the semi-finals, Wales famously led for about 30 minutes. They were brilliant in the first half against Australia, but then the Aussies, as they always tend to, pulled it back, defeated them to make the World Cup final. And I'm not even going to really mention too much about the um, the England semi-final because that was a, a really disappointing 49-60 defeat against New Zealand at Bolton. It really was, yeah. I went to the final for that one at Old Trafford and... Um... Yeah, when I cut the quiz off the back of that one. Did you? Yeah, I betted, uh, I betted on Australia to win it. Yeah. And I betted on, um, was his name Matt Rogers? 
Yeah, Matt Rogers would have been playing yeah, for him then. Yeah, better, better than to score uh, so many points than he did. <laughs> so you were you was top of the tipsters, was you? Yeah, for that particular day. Yeah, never never won a thing ever since. Not that they can dome betting. Uh, I did say one final thing. That was going to be my final thing for year two thousand. Just one other little personal note for me on the year two thousand. Okay, it's my very first year into the. The delights of the world of rugby league journalism. First year back in the, in the world of rugby league, man. I went from fan to a journal. How did you find that transition? Because it's not the easiest sometimes, is it? Oh, I was nervous. I was, it was nervous. I'm starstruck, to be honest. I wouldn't, I wouldn't interview anybody. Because <laughs> I've been a fan for that many, many years on the terraces. And all of a sudden, you're being told you've got to go and interview whoever, Steve McCurry or something. I was like, wow. Starstruck. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it used to it used to take me about ten minutes to pluck up the courage to ask him for an interview. I was still a couple of years away from uh, you know making my debut in the mm. RL journalism capacity. Although I was doing the Lee website at the time, and right. I remember being really, really upset and disappointed at losing that grand final. So I don't have good memories of uh, the year two thousand. <laughs> Yeah. Like I said, for 2000, I just remember being starstruck. You've not, not have cheered me up by looking back to the year 2000, actually, despite what I was saying there about, uh, you know, bringing up that old wound about Jusby Rams beating Lee in the grand final. Um, always do like looking back on the retro years, eh? I do, yeah. Uh, just thinking ahead of the, uh, thinking back on what's happened over the last 11 months. Uh, obviously, the big story, Toronto, uh, the dream went up in smoke with COVID. And taking a grip of uh, the action, uh, so that never went to plan for them, did it? Mm, who's going to replace them? Well, we'll find out at some point during the off season. Mm. Uh, but mm, favourite moments? Uh, I think for me, my favourite moment—it's got to be that Regan Grace hat trick at Leeds right after the comeback. You know where I'm going to go? I'm going to go with that that Challenge Cup final. I really enjoyed that as a game. I thought that Salford were excellent. Leeds yeah. just nudged it and just edged it. And there was all that controversy, wasn't there, about whether there was a penalty or not a penalty in the build-up. So for me, that was a game that had a little bit of everything. Um, also, I really enjoyed the start of the season, uh, covering the lower leagues before it all got um, you know, called off. And from a, a personal highlight, it was going right back to the start of the year and getting to commentate on the, uh, the Royal Air Force playing um, in the Challenge Cup. That was a, a tremendous highlight for myself, you know, getting down and meeting a few different people. Um, uh, sadly, it didn't come to pass how we all expected did uh, 2020. We had big plans for the show, didn't we? We wanted to take it in a whole kind of different direction to how it's gone, but we'll we'll make our attempts to do that again next year, won't we? Well, hopefully, we're, we won't be doing it social distancing um, and we'll be able to get the show back on the road for 2021. Hopefully fans will be in the grounds as well just uh, for the start of the season. Certainly with the talk of the fact that they're allowing up to 4,000 in certain areas of the country. Hopefully uh, rugby league fans will be able to sample uh, the atmosphere and get a pie in a pint while they're watching the games again rather than sitting at home doing it. That sounds like heaven, to be honest, Aid. It does. Thank you ever so much for your company, Adrian, over the last uh, the last few months and since we got this show back on the road. Mm, thank you as well and uh, thank you very much for everyone who's been listening as well to these podcasts throughout uh, the season uh, thanks very much to Radio General for letting us use the studio before 
you have to have social distancing things or over the phones. Thanks to James Gordon and the team at loverugbyleague.com for allowing us to do the podcast for them as well. We'll do it again next season. We certainly will. And it's uh, it'd be remiss of us if we didn't wish everybody listening a very happy Christmas and a safe new year as well. But that's us done and dusted aid. Right, I'm off to go and get a socially distanced pint from the fridge. I don't know about you. I'm hibernating, man. See you next year. See you next year, mate.